the places they pass right through on a long ride home. Like these are the places other folks might be passing through or might not have a second thought about. But these are people's homes, their entire lives are spent here, you know. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is a member of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Welcome to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. Today, my special guest is someone you may know from such bands as Smoke Aggression, Wasteoid Workforce, Patriot Patrol, The Uncreatures, Eternal Mirrors, Crystal Warlock, Conroy Wolf, and Vestiges. Tom Dugan, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. Excellent. So, today, we're going to be listening to the song Rituals, off of the EP, World Tour, and as I like to say, without further ado, let's listen to that song. All right.
Welcome back. As always, my favorite question is, what came first, the words or the music? The music. The music. All right. I feel like it's been a while since someone has said that it's been the music that came first. Really? So, is this something that you played out on the guitar, keyboard, um, bass? The guitar, just working it out on the guitar, messing around with the chords. At least with this song, I had the capo Mm -hmm. on the second fret. Yeah. Just for a little bit of change. And I think I was just strumming the chords first. The rhythm of the chords being, you know, one, two, 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 three, two, three, four. So that yeah, rhythm, yeah. what is it, like four times over? And that turned out to be for the verses. Yeah. 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 Once that was established, the chords, you're playing along and then you start humming a little tune and then you start throwing a couple words in there and. Or I, I'm just curious about your overall process in general. Yeah, pretty much. Sometimes I do have like one line put to a melody with backing chords and I'll just be like on a loop in my head until I get distracted and forget or go record it on my phone or get run into my studio room and record it and try and, try and work on it. Worked out the chords as the verse pattern and then, you know, kind of consciously thought what's what's going to come after this that's probably the verse it's going to be you know pre-chorus or a chorus i kind of have a rule of i might be wrong but i think in almost all my songs i have the melody line of the chorus is higher than the melody okay. line of the verse and that's like an octave higher or you no, mean just in general you want it, it just, to be at a different just higher voice. just bring it up a bit um it, whether it's a happy song or a sad song it's just kind of i think it's one of the ways i've operated for a long time unconsciously and then finally kind of realized like oh, i think i have all my choruses are a higher pitch than than the verses at least from a recording perspective the chorus is supposed to be the peak of the song so you lead into that and then that's louder and more forceful Mm -hmm. and more instrumented so i almost think that if you're going to do that your higher pitched chorus forces your voice into uh, a louder register when you record it then you end up with a more saturated or louder tone and in general that that might kind of match that Impulsion. I'm more focused on getting the hook. Got to have a good vocal hook, a good melody. Often that's the chorus and the verse might be the boring part. It's also great if the first thing that I, I come up with is, it's probably the chorus. That's pretty catchy. That's going to be the chorus. Right. And then I go, well, maybe it could be the verse and I can do better. I can launch into something, you know, a little bit, a little yeah. bit more catchy from there. Once you established the chords and you start forming the song into its shape is there a particular verse that you wrote first did you write the chorus first it was the first line just we of little pride and i only remember that because i actually found it in a notebook uh-huh. when i thought oh we should do uh we should do rituals uh-huh. and i i went back through my notebooks and i i still have that cheat so that was helpful i so i had that first line you know i want to do kind of a b a b rhyme structure and had some lines that obviously like after the fact i threw out because they were a little too cliche you know it's easy just to as filler just i forget what it was yeah that first line and from there i kind of thought like what's this what's this song going to be about the lyrics are always the part where it's like it's kind of like i don't want to say forced uh-huh. but like you're just consciously trying to write a concise story an idea but with this one i was in a phase of trying out free writing exercises right 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 i was just trying to kind of expel on this idea of like, we have little pride we have, we have little pride what is that What does that mean? With a lot of songs that I write, I try to come at it from a sense of place. Being the Midwest, rural, Illinois, some might say the middle of nowhere, the middle of everything, and therefore kind of forgotten, say, in Mm. in the greater scheme. I mean, from that perspective of the middle of nowhere, rural, Illinois... 
I, I can kind of see that idea of being stuck or not going anywhere. Well, in this context, it feels like the treasure that is is kind of the idea of getting out and seeing the rest of the world, huh. at least from that perspective. Mm. And then from this first verse, you know, the treasure is gone, but if we need to hide, we'll just keep digging the holes. And the idea of digging a hole is to find shelter or to uh, hide something else or to put something else. And it's, it's like that kind of generational where if you're living in the Midwest, it feels like you could get stuck in there and then you keep burying your own treasure. I think that you re-emphasize that idea in my interpretation. You'll keep going, but you'll then you'll just die in the hospital where you were born. <laughs> this interpretation is a very common theme in Midwestern songwriting, where it's that idea of like this passing on of generations of not really getting out and doing things. Mm. But also in the same way as this is is that representation of what is a ritual. It's this tradition. It's this thing that you keep doing over and over. So I I don't know. I, that was my interpretation uh from of that first verse i don't know if you had yeah. similar thoughts but with keep digging the holes as excavating resources yeah depleting the earth for a cause that's not personally beneficial but might serve you know greater more powerful forces that dictate our lives oh so in reference to that like the treasure are those resources that we keep trying to dig up, perhaps? Kind of, yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to, I mean, we can go We can go around and around. I, I don't know. I, you know, mm. I don't, I didn't have, I wasn't thinking, though, this is about the coal. This is about the coal under Illinois, right. necessarily. Not at all. Maybe subconsciously, but. Yeah. And you were saying saying that this was this was also a kind of a free writing exercise so it's interesting to interpret your own work after you've written it in some ways it's like any of any of those free writing or like free association kind of things is that it spurns another idea into it and yeah. develops it when you were uh, initially writing this did you think oh yes this will be rituals that we're talking about i wrote the chorus somewhat early on in the process uh-huh. rituals great and small yeah. Angels and devils, let us make the call. With the idea of every action, moment to moment, day to day, whether we think it makes any difference or not, it adds up. It certainly does. Mm. I reference angels and devils, and I, you know, I don't want to get too biblical. It's not uh-huh. my, my forte, but it certainly like comes from a place of at least cultural literacy. A higher power, whether it's driving you towards good or, or bad, maybe, you know, they're just... They're just voices in our heads. They're just, nothing is making you do anything. Yeah, the gist of it is, it's up to us right? as thinking, doing human beings. And no matter what you think might be waiting for us on the other side, uh-huh. it's interesting how when you start free riding, you don't know where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And it it pulls out opinions and and viewpoints that yeah it's kind of can be kind of surprising like is that really what i'm thinking Mm. or am i really feeling that dark inside Mm. right now i mean did you just rorschach yourself you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah just yeah i have a handful of different kind of like writing prompt ideas Uh that that are pretty fun to use well it's funny that you said all that because your verse two is is it something in the air or is it just all in my head so it's interesting (laughs) that you're talking about that this this free association or is this am i really that dark or or is that Mm. just where it kind of leads we have those outside influences from the media in other songs that we listen to music art film small screen, whatever you want to say, is that we do grasp upon, tropes isn't the right word, but we grasp upon a certain rhythm or expression because we're influenced by those things around us. And I I think I'm kind of looping that back into the whole of ritual of the the demon and the angel is that in some ways we're exposed to these idioms or these, these mechanisms or these things. And then when we free associate, I feel like that's not really yourself being so dark it's just mm-hmm. you're using that that exposure of of um 
of things that we see in the media. And so that that was where mm-hmm. I was going with that. So that's all. Yeah. I, I mean, that may be a good thought. It may not be a good thought. But <laughs> I, it's, I feel like just kind of exploring as many little yeah. uh, veins as you can is, is part of this podcast, you know, so. Yeah. And, and in the middle of this free writing, I, you know, I kinda, I, yeah, I went off on s- several tangents and trying to feel out this this feeling this this concept and i ended up circling two words and it was pride and resignation the f- sense mm. of like simultaneous pride and resignation and it also i was reminded of the the song small town by john cougar mellencamp I was born in a small town i'm going to die in a small town and i'm going to be wow. buried in a small town too and that's great it's fucking fantastic i thought well that's that's pretty cool. I mean, if you think about it, you here we are, you could either kind of be depressed by that or you can kind of see it as kind of uh, liberating too. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what, what you do. It doesn't matter what we create or say. Yeah. Going back to the Midwestern thing, the, the idea of comforting. Now, I had never driven through Sedoris eh? and driving through just that, that two-lane road. Yeah, when you're driving down. You've got the grain silos to your right and mm-hmm. to your left. There's the strip of the old brick buildings. Right. Yeah, one lane roads with the houses just uh-huh. down for what three, four blocks or something until yeah. you hit cornfields again. It's exactly like Homer, one of the more uh-huh. recent small towns yeah. I drove through, or Buffalo, Illinois, where my parents are both from. It's exactly the uh-huh. same, and that's kind of where the line the places they pass right through yeah on a long ride home like these are the places other folks might be passing through or might not have a second thought about but these are people's homes their entire lives are spent here you know when we look at this from the perspective of rituals did you have a concept with each of the different verses being a different type of ritual i kind of kept it kind of ambiguous i can listen to that and see it as we're you know we're personally responsible we're doomed whatever or like look at it the other way and and see it as kind of like well it's hopeful we can change and everybody wants to change and and everybody knows better we can all do better you know yeah it's interesting to me that verse three is the shortest verse but it's also kind of it seems like the the so long goodbye kind of i i want to say like because it it says now that everyone knows which direction we've gone who'll be left to build the memorial a thousand miles long i guess going back to the small town idea too is like some of the small towns it's just like people that that leave and continue to move on but this feels very final. Like, well, yeah, I, I guess also so. Think about, yeah, it about is. Building monuments to yourself, too. That I too. feel like ugh. it's a bit much. Yeah. So, <laughs> how, what what were you thinking in your in your head when you were writing that verse? I do my best not to lift ideas like wholesale from anything. Mm. But I went back and looked at where that came from, and it was something that Carl Sagan said in a speech. That he gave at Gettysburg, or I can't remember what the occasion was. It was in the late 80s, and he kind of said, well, okay, this said this battle was, you know, the immensely hmm. destructive and the most horrible, wasteful thing that could have happened at it in its time. But here we are now in the, in the nuclear age, yeah. and the United States and Russia have, I think, quote, booby-trapped the world with yeah. nuclear weapons. And if there were... A nuclear war, it would end so many lives that have a look at this memorial to the dead of Gettysburg, and it's this long. And if there were nuclear war, the memorial would have to be a thousand miles long if there's anyone left to build it, something like that. And that's that. I think the speech is published in his book, Billions, Billions Upon Billions, or Billions and Millions. Um, it's just huh. a collection of essays and speeches that he wrote this is the second time that carl sagan has been referenced the wing clipper episode episode 26 the more that i read about carl sagan and the more that i like watch cosmos and things like that i'm just like man i feel like we missed 
Yeah, there's so much that we missed and, you know, I wish people would stop denying science in general because I feel... Uh, anyway, <laughs> go science. Yeah, science and just he had a, a way of also communicating the cosmic oneness. Everybody knows all the the world's religions are based on this idea and any spirituality practice wants to pursue this basically different version of reality that mm. we can all do better but we're all just we're kind of stuck in this current society with our money and our <laughs> pollution etc and violence i think that he had enough of the sense of the big picture because of the way that he looked at the world that it he, he realized that it was important that we make good decisions that we we are significant and insignificant all at the same time. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, so in a in a way that goes back to your your line of the whole, um, you know, we have little pride. It's like, well, pride is usually a pretty big thing, but it's also like we could be proud and boastful, but really, you're you're nothing. But in some ways, because of your individuality, you're something. Were you raised in like a Judeo-Christian kind of? upbringing or because you make some references you know well i mean the angels and devils which is kind of a judeo-christian yeah and then but then you well children ask themselves if prayers get heard from the belly <laughs> yeah. of a whale so you know which are which are kind of biblical stories it, there is a tendency in in so many of those religions to have rituals that have meaning but uh -huh. may not necessarily do anything and may not make sense anymore so i was just curious if you had had been raised up in that tradition or i was forced to go to catholic church through about uh like fifth grade and then i didn't have to go anymore but i never believed in it i i was mm. i was eight years old in church I'm like this is bunk like that no thanks i think certainly from a place of like it's a cultural literacy and you know it's like shakespeare even if you haven't read right. it or been exposed to it it's it's out there and you can kind of reference it as you will also i wrote this song originally for patriot what was a patriot patrol album never ending sky i don't know at what point i figured out there were three or four songs where i, re I referenced whales oh okay uh, whether it was you know i explicitly said whale or or like referenced whale uh -huh. evolution or something like yeah. in the in the song the problem but i kind of wanted some subliminal underlying yeah. theme hmm. so that if not maybe if nobody ever picked it up on it at least i would know about it right. so and I, I throw those in there a lot a thing that i found interesting at the end of this song was that the outro feels like it's building up to something and then it, it just kind of it's like yeah, we're get, there's going to be like something bigger, something bigger, yeah. something bigger, something bigger, and then it just ends. Yeah. So, I don't know if that was particularly intentional or was that like... I was thinking know? about this and, and I I don't have any like specific memory about writing that or recording it and it must have just been what I recorded in my, my little demo and ended up finishing. <laughs> and that's, that's basically how... It sounds in the, the Patriot Patrol recording, and when I brought it to the, the band, Vestiges, they, I said, well, we can cut, I, I thought, we could, we could cut that out, it's kind of, you know, just tacked on at the end, uh -huh. and, and they were like, no, let's just, let's play it, let's yeah. keep it the way it is, that's cool, so, I kind of think of it as, like, ta taking a series of deep breaths, almost, like, whether that's calming down, or, like, the sense of resignation or huh whatever but just something different i i tend to be pretty f formulaic as, and as far as like the pop song okay. structure gotcha. and any way i can mix it up is probably good for me yeah so, so i'm gonna ask you a weird question that has nothing to do with the song cool. but with the title so do you have any particular rituals great or small um i have one that i can share that might tip you to what i'm thinking yeah share your ritual story so well it's not really a story it's just 
I, I just do things. Yeah. I, I, and you could you could easily turn ri- rituals into habits, but my my short um, answer, uh, if I may interrupt, yeah, sure. is yes. But I want to hear your example first. So, <laughs> yes. Okay, I have a weird weird ritual or symbolic action, I guess, is that if I'm cooking, if I'm cooking with wine, I always have to pour the wine into a wine glass. Don't have to drink out of it, but I always have to pour it into a wine glass to honor the wine before I put it into the <laughs> I don't know why that's uh, a very strange too and that's supposed to taste better, right? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> that's what it is, but I'm just like, yeah, you can't I, well, and also, I, I feel like it, it may have turned into, like, a, I don't want to just dump it straight from the bottle mm-hmm. into into whatever you're cooking. Um, but, you know, to, to pour it into a glass so that you can... Um, and, and I'm sure I have a whole book of things like that, but that's the only one that I could remember that was like, yeah, that's just weird. I just don't know why I do that, but I'm just yeah. like, eh, you have to pour it into the glass first. And then you can put it into, but it's like all the weird stuff that the the baseball players do in between pitches. Sure, and they've all got yeah, to. yeah. No, I'm glad you shared first because it oh. helped me remember. Yeah, I never would have shared this, but now everyone's gonna know. I don't put my guitar down unless I play a G chord last. Oh, okay. And it's usually like really quietly to myself, and it's huh. totally it's it's wacky to think about now yeah but it's yeah what's that about i'll just strum a little g chord maybe it's because yeah. of the it was the first chord i learned on guitar yeah maybe and it it's the first chord you played and so every time you're like <laughs> this will be also the first and the last chord i play oh, you know God. so you could that's kind Probably. of morbid yeah uh but i i don't know i just it was just one of those things it's like in some ways, aren't we kind of, we're hardwired to create our own little rituals, right? Like, oh, yeah. But I mean, there's there's so many things that we do, you know, as, as habits, as rituals, as things that, that give our lives some kind of meaning or structure or something like that. And I, I just, I'm just curious. It's, that's. Uh, I mean, we're, it borders on superstition almost right like yeah i mean if you have a weird thing about numbers or uh, odd numbers mm. or yeah i mean lately yeah I, I tend to only turn up or up, up or down volume knobs and in, in twos uh, not, i don't know What's, yeah. <sighs> i could see that and then but if you're playing a marshall you're like ah, damn it why doesn't this go up to 12 well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry. Is that a spinal tap joke? <laughs> I like I don't know. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Welcome back. Tom, yeah. is there a favorite venue that you have that's in the Champaign-Urbana area? And I know that you've played out at the hog shoot so Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's one of those locations that is included for sure most recently it's got to be the rose bowl they're doing fantastic yeah their vestiges played there for the first time a few weeks ago it was kind of it was a bit of a eclectic bill we had um nm garcia from windmills the merry travelers 
and little black spiders was the was the the third band and we played last and it was a beautiful night there were people there which was uh-huh. which is always good at yeah. a show um we're still you know we've been around over two years now but but we're still like relatively yeah. getting going and there were there were people there and they were dancing and it was it was awesome wow it's, a, it's not a very deep stage so right yes we we're all kind of in yeah. a line but it was it was kind of nice yeah. did, did that throw you off a little bit at all no or? it was uh you know it felt a little bit more like practice the rose bowl for sure but also honorable mention near and dear to my heart is the iron post it's always been oh yeah it's always been easy to you know get book a show there and you just use stage volume basically and yeah it's it's a it's a cozy room. How long have you been in this area? Well, my whole life. I was born in rural Monticello. Oh, okay. Area. Played in a couple bands in high school and college. And, and then for a long time, I left and came back. And since then, it had just been recording by myself, for myself, in my bedroom. I think it was like 2002, decided to call it Patriot Patrol and hmm. um, kind of this imaginary non-existent band recording yeah. albums for myself to listen to on a, on this little Fostex X14 cassette four yeah. track. It was it's such a fun toy to like mess around with, but I didn't want anyone hearing, oh. hearing me singing oh. my own words for many years, so... Mm. So was Patriot Patrol when you first started doing vocals or were you doing vocals for your earlier work? I wrote songs and sang for Wastoid Workforce. I was in college around the same time. I was also like had already started recording the the Patriot Patrol stuff. And there wasn't like a, a hard line between this is for this project and this is for the other one. You know, that band ended and I just continued to be happy with the process of writing and recording myself releasing albums as if it were a band and you have a recording studio in your house kind of yeah hand sandwich records yeah and so do you have a uh is there a story about the name hand sandwich hand sandwich um in the metallica episode of behind the music when they're talking about when they were, they had, uh, they went to New York City to record Kill 'Em All. Yeah, they were what sleeping on a floor and and they had nothing to eat except bologna in their bologna hand. I, on hand. I can't believe that hand I actually sandwich. Which, okay, <laughs> yes, and now we've done it two episodes in a row where we mention Metallica. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, that's hilarious. A pretty, that's, I had no pretty, idea. Yeah, they're pretty big. To me, going back, yeah. So yeah. I had my Metallica phase. Yeah, I'm glad you knew. Yeah. They knew the reference. I went. I I since gone back and like looked for that clip, and I can't find it. I don't know if it's like the 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 video on YouTube is edited or something, but maybe I don't know. Yeah, but it's funny because I remember seeing that on MTV. You remember when MTV was actually about the music, right? Oh so, yeah. You know, Oh my goodness. Okay. So, uh, and then when I recorded one of the Patriot Patrol CD, um, The Shadows in the Mud, I asked Brad Olson to help me out and do some collage work. So he made the collage for the cover. Okay. And also just went ahead and like slapped together this image of a, a human hand between two slices of yeah. bread, basically. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I, I, that's great. That's the hand Perfect. sandwich. So I kind of I've kept that. Have you put out anything else on that record label? Are you yeah. are you doing it as a label or? Oh sure, it's a label and and I, so I kind of the following the same concept and and especially in the last uh, last year or two, it's different process going from just recording yourself and doing whatever you want mm. with the music and release it. I mean, you can write and record a song in an hour and put it online and have you know you have a single that you just you pooped out and there it is on the uh, for the world to ignore or go crazy for which is which is was kind of what happened with crystal warlock and i just recorded four songs in like a stoner metal 
style really sloppily and put that on Bandcamp, pay what you want. And I kept getting download after download after download of like $1, $1, which translates to 73 cents in your pocket. So I guess... I don't really know how that happened. I didn't promote it at all. A lot of people all over the world downloaded it, and I made a little bit of money off of it and got reviews in three different languages and different like online You're publications. I, can't, I don't know. Is something about the stoner metal genre, subgenre or? I mean, if you put out something and call and and tag it with indie rock, you know, it's a snooze fest. Oh right, forever and ever and. But I guess maybe there's there's money to be made in the stoner rock genre. <laughs> I was just kind of an exercise in, in doing that. And I did that. Crystal Warlock, I did the Uncreatures album, which is like a kind of a garage rock punk with so distorted harmonica solos. Yeah. And released that. And what's the other? Oh, the, the goth rock EP, um, Eternal Mirrors. I love goth rock. And I don't know that I'd ever have an opportunity to to like indulge that in a real life band, but I love the you know the on Weft Sunday nights there's a show called Decayed Lace. It's okay. two hours of goth rock, and it's like the perfect oh. soundtrack to the Sunday scaries. You know, right before you have to go to work on Monday, you right. like get real moody and and dark. And I wrote all these like fake band songs because i still needed an outlet like yeah i've got a a band with real people now but you know we're busy it's hard to get together i can bring you know maybe one or two new songs at at most per practice and i just i gotta keep i I need to keep going yeah let's do some other try out some other genres can i share something that that i think i've probably changed Uh my artistic life more than i like give it credit for three years i think it was three years ago i started participating in this online community i guess it's uh called the february album writing month fawm.org in the month of february you write 14 songs minimum share them on this website that's a it's a closed community and like everybody else is is also doing their own you know yeah. their own album you can collaborate if you want but i i found that that i mean that's yeah. i mean there's only so much you can do 14 is the goal man when you start i mean what does that translate to uh one song for every two days some years i've i've made that some years i've made you know like 10 or 11 but what it does is it gets you like you just you outrun that voice that's like that's bad don't do it that's that's not good enough or you're like you need to maybe you know you need to scrap that throw it away Uh you just you just finish the song put it out there and keep going and what's awesome about it on top of that is well one you've made something and two uh-huh. everybody else is commenting like oh, i like it i like uh that little thing you did there like uh, uh that one line got me I lo- you know great sounds great does it have to be like singer songwriter kind of thing or no. can it be instrumental and can it be it can be just about anything it can be even just just uh text lyrics which is what a lot lot of people will do a lot of people will like do what i what i tend to do and and record a kind of a full finished version or at least a demo version with warts and all you can't go oh no an album in a month just you just have to start you know start running probably it's maybe it's i don't know if that's analogous or not but well i was gonna say it sounds like just kick yourself into survival mode like yeah. I have to do this in order to survive, right? Like, yeah. and then you just do it. Yeah. And the funny huh. thing that happens is, I find that the month, the whole month of February, I, I don't sleep well because I'm like buzzing with oh. ideas. And but usually by the end, I'm I'm pretty dried up. The by the end of the month, but it's like you turn on the antenna, and you're. You're tapped in, huh? For and, and you'll you're paying attention to the things that normally like will be one in 
in one ear out the other or like you'll have a little idea and you you won't think much of it you're like you're writing down every little line that you think is clever huh. you get in the habit of being an an artist for a short while and you just it sounds like you just you pick up every single crumb right when you're in that mode you almost you're like, have to pursue like, yeah. yeah wow yeah you and yeah and it's stretching like like sitting around the room i need to crank out a a song what is this song going to be about and i'm like looking to look out the window and there's birds fighting over seeds in the bird feeder and like okay go like that's the idea so you've done this i've done this about three times i think and we're coming up on another one i'm looking forward to it because i haven't written songs you know we're summers are really pretty busy i mean we're you know tend to play more shows uh, right. we recorded the ep back in in may and mixed it and you know, finally got it released in August and winter after the holidays is a great time to just kind of hunker down and focus mm. on cranking out some original material, whether it's good or bad, who cares? Like, yeah, make it happen. And I didn't used to think like this. I, and, or I, I, I want to say I'm not like changed, but I found a confidence just from the sheer activity huh. and forcing myself to to yeah. make so much material at, in a short span of time i use most of that it ends up being a song for say you know what, what was patriot patrol or vestiges some of those songs are fom.org um material that's how it started out there's no shame whatsoever floating oh. in the community it's it's all at worst you know constructive criticism yeah, I'm like focused hardcore on you know writing my own songs, recording my own songs. But you're also spending a lot of time listening to everyone else's stuff and commenting on it or like, mm. you know. So it's beautiful, I think. Huh. Of a, a little a temporary community of artists and hmm. over the years there there you know there's a handful of characters that that I you know look forward to what this wacky stuff they're going to come up with mm. next year, you know. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening. Located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee dot cafe at community dash ucc dot org Tom what is your favorite non-musical thing well I thought about this okay I listened to all the podcast episodes <laughs> and whittled it down I, I, I think it's cooking. Oh, okay. I love to cook. I love to just come up with new concoctions in mm -hmm. the in the kitchen. Enjoying a dish from a restaurant and then trying to kind of recreate mm. that. Yeah. And I'm pretty good. At, I, I can I can pick up on certain uh, spices and and flavors. To make it even more challenging, I'm a vegan and been eating whole food, plant based no oil too so if, if there's something like cheese or milk or eggs or something like yeah there's all kinds of tricks to to figuring out how to kind of mim mimic those flavors too but you'll be tasting the dish though so i guess have... so yeah but 
Okay, I'm thinking specifically of, remember Radio Maria? Yeah, uh, oh, absolutely. They had, and you know, back when I w- was a vegetarian five years ago or something, just yeah. ate cheese, there was a dish that they had there called the Torta Maria. So it was like layers of flour tortillas, there was cheese, sweet potatoes, corn, roasted poblano peppers, all with like a mole sauce. Oh, right. In between the layers, and then a side of a salsa roja and like a vanilla bean, like a savory vanilla bean shallot sauce. Oh. I've adapted that recipe to like a vegan style and uh-huh. make my own like block of cheese with like you, sh- you put in agar flakes. Okay, and yeah, yeah. Nutritional yeah. yeast and like a tablespoon of miso paste and some vinegar. Oh. It's ridiculous. Like it's a science experiment on a stove pot and uh it it creates this cheese-like substance that isn't from a cow's udder it's kind of silly when i think about like i haven't had real cheese in a while so it probably doesn't it's probably not very convincing but it, it it does the job i'm no longer addicted to to animal cheese or any animal right. products and that's that's i think it's fair to call it that if you just ask anyone right would you quit cheese you know i not yeah, yeah. i'm not not <laughs> ask not to ask you <laughs> not putting me on the spot no there. No, no no but um I, I mean in some ways we our our household has kind of quit cheese i don't know it's it's one of those things where it's like i feel like some people look at veganism as if it's limiting instead i see it as like it's opening up to all the other possibilities. I'll take it from the perspective of like gluten-free. So somebody says gluten-free and it's like, oh, I can't have wheat flour anymore. And I'm like, yeah, but then all of a sudden you're like rice flour, almond flour, tapioca flour, potato flour, starch, those kind of things. All this new world that gets opened up because you're no longer resting on the Status quo, should I say, or the what standard is standard American diet? S A D. Yeah, for sure. I I've never enjoyed eating as eating food as as much as I do now, and it's I huh. I cook almost everything I eat at home. Hmm. One thing that's nice about getting older is like you develop skills. Like yeah, you get better at cooking, and I'm my own favorite cook now. And it's that's great, wonderful. Are are you the type that also you like cooking for other people? I guess my line of questioning is really: is it the process of actually cooking, or is it actually um, kind of the the sense of that it, uh, a ritual Ooh. where it it brings people together, like the idea of breaking bread together and and sharing a moment? I'm, I'm just curious. It's that flow state, you know, like. You get in. It's it's definitely a an internal thing that that's I find most enjoyable about about it. Not really dissimilar from recording, writing songs, and recording music by myself. And it's uh, you know, if anyone likes it, if anyone is willing to try it or around to to try mm. it and likes it, hey, that's great. If I, I you know, but if I like it, great. So it's it's more of the sense of the process of of creating those flavors and then generating like this final thing but by putting something. these different parts to bring it in as one whole yeah. dish yeah. i guess you could say you never know if it's if it's going to go go bad huh. or um if you're going to end up with something awesome so do you like baking as well or yeah, are you just um, I love baking so a bit too much i i don't i try <laughs> It's, it's, you know, yes, it's certainly limiting to be, like, to be vegan, plant-based, whole food, no oil, all that, mm. because then you're not, you know, tempted at every turn, mm. um, which is, you know, that's, that's a, that just works for me. Yeah. And, you know, relationship, people, everybody's got their own relationship with food, obviously, and that, that works mm. for me, it may not work for the next person and if i want to have a baked good or a, a pie or cookies or cake or something i'm gonna to have to make it myself huh. so there's there's that gotcha as far as like you know 
still eating somewhat healthy and it's yeah. a real treat you've already drawn this kind of conclusion between what you record and your process for recording is kind of analog to your um cooking and what you what you produce at the end yeah and i and and if if i'm off base completely let me know but i i feel like you know not only is something for you when you generate something that's good for your body by being able to consume it mm -hmm. um and nourishes but also in the same sense that when you generate music that that you're there's that mental health nourishing as well right spiritual yeah. oh yeah spiritual or, would be, it's, yeah but i mean Both. mental health and spirituality and i think are very kind of everything. yeah yeah but yeah i mean that's that's what i'm kind of reading off of you as you're as you're talking about that i get a lot out of the process and you know luckily it's more often than not like i get good results or, you know, <laughs> by my standard anyway. Right. Yeah. It's edible, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, sometimes it's totally gross. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh. Just if if I, you know, but I'll, you know, maybe I'll eat it anyway. And I'm the only one that get that he has to eat it. So Yeah. Tom, thank you so much for coming out to Sidoris and sharing your stories and your process and your song, Rituals, off of the world tour ep and about hand sandwich records your favorite venues i've really enjoyed talking with you about all of your work and then likewise it's oh. been a pleasure and an honor oh thank well, you thank you <laughs> no thank you thank you yeah, thank you thank you Thank you for listening to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. This is Tom Dugan reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live. You almost have an NPR voice, it's so good. Studio South Beaker on the inside.